0: And today we have a very different episode. We have mm. a special episode. We're not going to be talking about anything super, super political.
1: We're just or going to be is talking it? about something is this super the episode?
0: political. Is it the episode that gets us canceled? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We are officially doing mm. this episode to wage an all-out war on Christmas. Asta la vista, Christmas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is our Christmas special episode. Usually, we do something a little bit different related to Christmas, but uh, this year um, we're talking about you know the history and the traditions, and and the reason we're doing this, which is semi political, and that's because Christmas isn't any one thing. It's like, it's not any one bundle of traditions. It's celebrated in like different ways throughout the world. It's celebrated, you know, there are tons of wintertime holidays, not just Christmas. And it's not even like that Christian of a holiday, historically speaking. And so like the real thesis is like, make it or Christmas or the holiday season or like wintertime in general, like the thing that works for you. Yeah. Because, like, any prescription around
0: Christmas is just kind of absurd. Yeah. Yeah. You can almost call this entire episode just one big tip for good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah. Because uh, here's the thing Michael and I are both fairly secular people, mm-hmm. but we both still celebrate Christmas. Yeah. Grew and that is okay. Mm-hmm. Right. The big thesis here is you do you. Mm-hmm. All right. In my opinion, it's just as ridiculous for someone to get offended when someone says "Happy Holidays" than it is for someone to get offended when someone says "Merry Christmas." Yeah, all right. If you don't celebrate Christmas, that's great. If you do celebrate Christmas, that's also great. It doesn't make you morally superior or mm-hmm. inferior to celebrate Christmas or to not celebrate Christmas. Exactly. Right? Yeah,
1: totally. And, and and I did want to say one thing about like the comparison of those two things. When when you celebrate Christmas and you say "Merry Christmas" to someone who doesn't, all you're doing is saying you know marry this season that i celebrate or marry this thing that i celebrate and when you say happy holidays you're saying happy this thing that you might celebrate like those are just two sides of pretty much the same coin but you are saying slightly different things you know based on your position and their position to the holiday that you're trying to tell them to have a good one of
0: yeah and i'll even i'll even throw a little bone to uh to the Merry Christmas defenders for a second. You know how people are always saying like, "Oh, you got to be you got to do the secular version of it and say happy holidays." All right? Holiday actually comes from the term for holy day.
1: <laughs>
0: like so when somebody who is secular thinks they're being secular by saying happy holiday, what they're saying is happy holy day. Mm-hmm. So they're not being secular. Yeah. So there's a little bone for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I think this ties us to like a little maybe maybe a the secondary thesis, which is like assume people are say, like assume people assume good intent, right? Yeah, exactly. Like people assume are not good trying. True, people are not trying to say "fuck you" by saying "Merry exactly. Christmas" or exactly. "Happy Holidays," exactly in any context. So, like, there's no yeah. sense getting all you know frustrated by a yeah. warm greeting like that.
0: Yeah. So, without further ado. Let's talk about the history of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now, when I first sat down to start researching this, I already knew a few things about the overall history of Christmas, like I knew generally that a lot of the traditions came from a lot of uh, Germanic pagan cultures. Mm-hmm. Holy shit though. Like <laughs> the entire the, the history of various different Christmas celebrations is so difficult to mm-hmm. nail down. Yeah. Like The version that I'm going to be be presenting is what I've been able to piece together. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there are some aspects of it that I might be leaving out. I'm sure that there are some people out there that might say, hey, you left out this part of this. What about this? Mm -hmm. Or you were wrong about this. I'm trying as best I can. (laughs) But keep in mind, a lot of this history is history from like the early... third century Mm -hmm. yeah that's Uh, Uh, that was one of the things that struck me about this like
1: not only in how difficult it was to put together to try to try to cobble together a history but also the fact that like people have been celebrating some version of a winter holiday for thousands of years yeah and there's like and and christianity did this Attempt to you know maybe take over many of those or co op some of those traditions or whatever, but like we a lot of those traditions still survive through to today, and the thing is like yeah the celebration has morphed a lot over the time, but but I was struck by like this tradition is older than Christianity.
0: Oh yeah, much
1: older by far because it makes sense right like the shortest day of the year is in December the length of the day is a an important thing intrinsically to like all animals. And yeah. like it just makes sense for us to have these holidays around this period. And so like it's just a it's just a significant
0: period. Yeah. So the first question though is when was Jesus actually born? Hmm. Was he actually born on Christmas? And Definitely not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like there is absolutely no fucking way that he was actually born on December the 25th. And even if he was born on December the 25th, in today's calendar, you should be celebrating January 6th instead of December 25th. Wait a
1: second. Is that what all the
0: insurrectionists were really doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were celebrating the birth of Jesus. (laughs) Which we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to why a little bit later but it's crazy. Uh, So the Bible doesn't specifically say when Jesus was born, but there's some context that it gives around various festivals that we do know when they were. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of discern approximately when the birth would have happened based on that. For example, there's a Jewish festival and I know I'm pronouncing this incorrectly. um, Sukkot, Definitely pronouncing that incorrectly. Uh, And there's also the Feast of uh, Tabernacles. Again, probably saying that incorrectly. And those are the festivals that are mentioned the most times in the Bible Hmm. when it mentions the birth story. Now, those take place specifically in September or October.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: It's actually it's actually specifically focused on the end of the harvest, Mm. all right? It's a celebration focused on the end of the harvest, which means that the the most likely date um, that Jesus's birth would have fallen on, based on what they actually talk about in the Bible, would have been one of the three major feasts uh, of uh, Sukkoth, which was also called um, Tabernacles or Booths, Again, there's a lot. This is going to be a theme for a lot of it. There's a lot of really fancy names for things, um, but anyway, that happened in September. So, mm. based on the references to various Jewish festivals in the Bible, Jesus was most likely born sometime in September. Yeah. So, I think this is a really interesting point because, like, if if a particular date
1: or event is very important to a religion, mm. you write it down. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but like, that's just not the case for the birth of Christ. Like Easter, yeah. quote unquote, you know, for the December 25th holiday. Easter was the big celebration, makes sense. He actually did that apparently. Um and his birth really wasn't like a thing for like a good 400 or so years. Yeah. After uh, you know, he died, like it wasn't really like that celebrated. And and yeah. and in fact, in only 2 of the 27 books of the New Testament Uh, is his birth mentioned at all
0: yeah then why the hell would they decide to put the day on the 25th so there's a lot of different possibilities but the most likely reason seems to be that that is when the romans celebrated the solstice Mm -hmm. right at the time the solstice the romans believed was on the 25th now the reason why I say the Romans believed is because the calendar wasn't entirely stable back then. Mm-hmm. So someday, some years it might have fallen on the 25th, some years it might not have fallen on the 25th, and it certainly doesn't fall on the 25th anymore. Partially, Part, part of the reason why we have a better idea of when the solstice falls now is because of the Gregorian calendar that was able to stabilize the Roman calendar. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit more later. So solstice was celebrated by various different cultures it was celebrated by the romans it was celebrated by the greeks it was celebrated by the celts it was celebrated by the druids it was celebrated by the norse mm-hmm. and they all had various different traditions that as i read through them some of them sound interestingly familiar mm. uh for example the idea of yule the the word yule that gets thrown around during the yeah, christmas as season tide log Exactly um, yeah, the Yuletide log so the original word comes from apparently the, the Norse word for wheel because they looked at the uh, they looked at the year as basically this wheel that was constantly spinning around. The Yule log was something that the Celts would do. The idea was they believed that the solstice lasted for 12 days like that the sun would that the earth would just stay still and the sun would just stay still for 12 days. So mm-hmm. what you would do is you would take this big yule log. You would put it in the fire and you would burn it for 12 days. And as long as you kept that burning, that was the light in the darkness. Because mm-hmm. keep in mind, the solstice is the longest night of the year. Yeah,
1: especially as you go further north.
0: Yeah. So it looks like that might be where we get the idea of the 12 days of Christmas. But of mm. course we might also get that from the fact that some people even today celebrate Christmas as January 6th and some people celebrate it as December 25th. So it looks like some cultures just kind of split the difference and said, "eh, let's just say it's all 12 days, hmm. 12 of those days between. Um, so again, it's, it's confusing to me, but a lot of these traditions are ones that uh, we can look at and actually kind of see parallels between what we do today. Yeah, so there's even even for the Romans, yeah, even like, for the Romans. they exchanged
1: gifts, sang songs, decorated their their homes with evergreens, all
0: of yeah. like the things that somehow survived thousands of years. Yeah. And also, uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. In Germany, the the god Odin, was honored during the winter holiday specifically because people were terrified of him Hmm. because they thought that he would make uh nighttime flights through the sky and observe his people Hmm. you might say he could see when they're sleeping and know (laughs) when they're awake yeah Um, that was that was
1: super interesting reading about that the Norse implications of santa claus
0: yeah but then, of course, you know, instead of giving them presents if they were bad, he would just kill them. Sure, I mean, we're talking. Which about is interesting Norse because here, <laughs> because Futurama actually does that. <laughs> Futurama actually kind of makes a reference to that. Um. So yeah, uh, Michael mentioned in Rome there was the festival of Saturnalia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturn was the god of agriculture, and they would celebrate it by this having these massive festivals where up was down, left was right. The men would dress as women. The slaves would be seen as equals to rich people. Rich people would have to like, would have to basically give up their power for a few days. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It was basically a massive celebration where the working class, uh, Could have a little bit of a taste of aristocracy okay that
1: is another that is such another interesting thread of this whole story like Mm. that that those traditions in rome and then how and we'll get to like some of the later traditions but
0: this thing
1: this theme shows up again
0: yeah this the decorating of the evergreen tree Mm -hmm. uh, that comes from germanic tribes um and interestingly enough you know, nowadays in America, we think of Christmas as being this happy family time. You know, kind of calm, have dinner. Uh, in the Middle Ages, it was basically Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was. It was the time where people would just go absolutely nuts, get drunk off their ass just have fun, eat as much as they possibly could. And each year a student or a beggar would be crowned the Lord of misrule. Like that was, that was a a coveted position. Uh, rich people would get visits to their houses from the poor who would demand, uh, their best food and their best drink. And they would be terrorized if, uh, if they didn't comply. So again, this was a, this was a huge, uh, Deal for the working class people. It became this time of year (laughs) when like the
1: upper classes would like repay their kind of debt to society by entertaining the like poor people throughout their cities, which is I just want to emphasize that the amount of history we're talking about here. Like the Romans had this like reversal of positions and kind of class upheaval in like in the pre-Christ era. Like BC. And then we're talking about dark ages, which is like, you know, 1200. We're talking about like 1200 years later or more that these traditions of like class reversal survived and showed up again in like, like thousands, like a thousand plus years later. It's remarkable.
0: Yeah, it is. It's absolutely crazy. So the biggest reason why, based on what I've been able to piece together, the biggest reason why Christians adopted this specific time of year Mm -hmm. is because it was already a time of year of celebration. People loved their solstice festivities, Mm -hmm. all right? And there's a lot of important reasons why you would. I mean, think about it. It's the time of the year where it's the last day where the nights are going to get longer, which means that from the solstice on, the days will get longer, Mm all right? You'll have longer and longer days. Now, people experience a lot of seasonal depression. Mm -hmm. They did back then, too. So the idea of celebrating the solstice was basically a Mm -hmm. pick-me-up, right? It was a pick-me-up. It was also around the time of year in which the fermenting of beer would be, you know, would, would be finish. ready for consumption, would no be finished. No way. It's a, so um, they
1: had the Harvest Festival, and then they had the Get Drunk Beer Festival.
0: <laughs> yeah. And well, and on top of Harvest, this was also the time of year in which you would have the most readily available fresh meat hmm. because, uh, because you would have to slaughter a lot of your animals before the winter because you don't want to have to feed them in the winter. Mm-hmm. All right? So you go ahead and slaughter your animals now yeah so that they're not they're not uh going into your into your winter storage hmm. so you had a fuck ton of fresh meat that you had to you had to eat mm-hmm. so this was the perfect time to have some type of festivities and that's probably why a lot of cultures that were loosely connected but not completely connected like yeah. not you know immediately connected had a similar type of celebration throughout this exact throughout this exact same time period
1: yeah which so, it, it
0: led to this like interesting trade-off
1: so apparently you can trace like the first like the selection of like the date of of Christmas to apparently Pope Julius the 1st who yeah. chose the 25th so but they faced this interesting conundrum to Nathan's point because it's like on the one hand you could like ride on the rails, you could ride the wave of a celebratory period that everybody's already celebrating, and try to spread your specific religious celebration on the via that channel. But on the other hand, people already have many traditions that are very diverse that they are that they cling to. So you kind of give up some control over what kind of celebration it will be in order to, you know, help wrap your. You know, package in that celebration's, you know, wrapping to use a Christmas metaphor.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it made a lot more sense for them to just kind of be like, hey, pagans, what up? So we really (laughs) want you to be Christian. So how about, how's about this, bros? All right. You can keep doing literally everything you're doing, just, you know, briefly throw in there, hey, we're totally doing this for this Jesus guy. (laughs) And all these pagans were like, who? Jesus, who? He's the son of God. Oh, the sun. Yeah, we're celebrating the sun. Okay, fuck it. That's it. That's it. We're celebrating. That. There you go. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> That's how the conversation went in my head.
1: <laughs> it was a linguistic trick. Like they're just yeah.
0: Well, honestly, <laughs> mistaken. Like honestly, it kind of. I mean, it kind of looks like that, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. like it's about the celebration of the sun coming back. Yeah, which you know, Christmas is about the celebration of. The, the sun. sun coming back, <laughs> like so.
1: <laughs> that's really funny.
0: So I mean, I don't know if that was—I I don't know if that's a no pun intended moment, yeah. but that's that's kind of that's, that's kind of an in, interesting how that worked out. That is so, so funny. So I keep making references to the Gregorian calendar. All right. So the Julian calendar was originally created by the Romans, and it was named after Julius Caesar. Now, what's funny is that. He has his own month named after him, July, Mm. and it has 31 days. But his son also wanted one named after him. Remember, Mm. Augustus Caesar? Mm. He also wanted a month named after him. So he went ahead and threw in his own name, which was August, which was for, for August. But he also wanted his month to have the same number of days. So, like, the way it used to be was months would kind of go, you know... 30, 31, 30, 31. But he wanted his to have 31 days like Julius Caesar's did.
1: Are you telling me that the reason that we have this weird, like, switching up of the pattern is because of one dude's, like, ego in competition with his dad?
0: That's, it's a huge part of it. Yes. That fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, On top of, I mean, that's, that's why a lot of the months. Are named after like you. You can hear a number in them. September should be the seventh month. Yeah. October should be the eighth month. Hmm. Uh, November should be the ninth month. Yeah. December should be the tenth month. Hmm. But then Julius Caesar and uh, Augustus Caesar threw in their own months in there. <laughs> And Holy we're just shit! Like, a ten-month calendar makes
1: so much more sense. They it literally would. started all of this. They were like, <laughs> in my mind, it, like you can trace a direct line from them, like <laughs> yeah. all the way through, like. the the, the imperial system and and in parallel you have the metric system which is like base ten and scientific (laughs) and on the other hand you got like "Eh, twelve inches in a foot and twelve months in a year and sixty seconds in an hour (laughs) and twenty four hours in a day all this absurd shit just because of these two fucking fuckers that's that's now that's now a
0: thread in my mind that's how that happened (laughs) yeah yeah it completely threw off the calendar, Mm -hmm. like completely fucked over the calendar. Um, And actually it had more days than it needed to, which Mm -hmm. meant that the calendar for hundreds and hundreds of years was just all over the place. It was super unstable. Oh God. Um, That changed when Pope Gregory the eighth created the Gregorian calendar in 1582. So the Julian calendar was used prior to that this was more accurate because number 1 it just decided to eliminate 10 days like mm. when it started the day went from uh, october 4th to october 15th so it just said we're we're getting rid of these 10 days because mm. they completely fucked it up but then they also created the leap year the idea of a leap year mm. so oh my god because so weird. the average like the average year has 365 and about a quarter days in it. Mm -hmm. Every four years you go ahead and have a leap year, right? But of course it's a little bit less than the, the, and a quarter, which means that every hundred years they skip the leap year. But then they had to make another exception in order to further stabilize it. So they said every thousand years you have an exception to the exception, and you do have a leap year. Oh my God! And this state, this work of genius, actually stabilized the calendar. Jesus Christ! But because of because of all all of that uh, had been thrown off, this meant that the solstice was now usually on the twenty first. Mm-hmm. What would have been. The original celebration of Christmas was now on January 6th, but of course, they didn't want to change the date of the birth, so they just kept it at the 25th.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: Wow. So basically, uh, it was it was all over the place. Just fucking for, calendar math. For centuries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is um, remarkable. It was all over the place for fucking centuries. So that's that's why Christmas is on the 25th wow um even though the solstice is on the 21st most of the years
1: christ was probably born in the fall
0: yeah and and even though originally it would have been celebrated for today's version of january 6th mm-hmm. but christ was actually born in september most likely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> okay so all of that history
1: like leads us to the fact clearly that like this is a Honestly, the Christian part of this holiday is like a pretty political one, you know? It's like more about evangelizing people and and, and taking over their holidays than it is about like Christianity in general, although maybe we can make the argument that those things are pretty related. But all this to say, like the traditions and stuff, which have persisted a lot over time, like are not particularly Christian traditions. So much so that in the 17th century in England, when they were still doing the... Shit that they had, they had put together in Rome, like people getting drunk, you know, uh, gender bending, roaming the streets, knocking doors, demanding to be fed. All this st- shit was still happening in the 17th century, and pissed people off so much that it was actually banned in Christmas or in in England for a while uh, during like the when the Puritans had like some control in England, and then that followed Puritanism to be banned in the United States.
0: Yeah, it was outlawed in Boston from 1659 to 1681. Yeah, you could be fined five shillings for showing Christmas spirit. Mm -hmm. Talk about a war on Christmas. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, but I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of funny because like the war on Christmas was really the war on like trying to calm people the fuck down. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so they weren't having this like over the top festival, which is so funny. But like, so then, um you know after it the bans ended because again th- one of the the most amazing and persistent parts of this history is when people have tried to you know calm it down or allight over it like m- many of the really strong celebratory tra- traditions of the period lived on and people would do them in private people would be frustrated that they couldn't that we, they would be fucking you know thrown in jail or fined for for celebrating and eventually like these bans would go away which is really yeah. interesting because this is where we kind of tie it back into like the, the thread of, you know, classism kind of like getting mixed up during the Christmas period. So in, in the U S in the 1800s, right. Christmas started to transform into closer to what we know it as today. So gift giving was like, was like either reintroduced or became more popular. Um, it became like more of about quiet celebration and like about like uh, peace and nostalgia and all these things partially because during, during the 19th century, just before it kind of calmed down, we were seeing like people were, you know, doing the, having these raucous celebrations and all that stuff. But at the same time during the 19th century, there was a lot of like turmoil. There was a lot of class division and inequality and people were starting riots over Christmas. And so Apparently, the upper class started to intentionally attempt to transform Christmas in popular minds into this peace, gift-giving, nostalgic holiday. And one of the ways they did that was by convincing people in the U.S. that the way that people in England did it was this proper, peaceful method of celebrating Christmas. So it was literally like we think of commercialization of Christmas today, but this was literally the upper class going, hey, hey, hey. Calm it down, all <laughs> all you like lower class partiers, like <laughs> yeah, and they're the ones. And also, that a lot succeeded. of
0: those traditions came from immigrants too. Yeah, like yep. when when immigrants from various different countries mm-hmm. would come to America, mm-hmm. like especially ones that came from from Germany or the Netherlands, um they would bring their traditions with them. Yeah, and Americans would see that and be like, "Oh, that sounds great!" Like. <laughs> You, you party in the streets and you demand shit from rich people. I want some of that. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and then you could imagine though, like you could imagine all the social pressure of assimilating into the U.S. and try and trying to like you know put pressure on people to to live like Amer- you know these, do these like American type celebrations.
0: Yeah, I also want to make sure that we spend some time talking about Kris Kringle, absolutely Santa Claus, mm-hmm. um, because I find his story. As a leftist, to be (laughs) so wonderful. I mean, first off, on its face, who is Santa Claus? He's this dude that, out of the kindness of his heart, gives handouts Mm -hmm. to children all over the world just because he wants to, Mm -hmm. all right? Just because he thinks that all kids deserve to to, to have gifts, to be happy, right?
1: No, he does it to make them fat and and lazy.
0: And (laughs) and he wears red to boot. What a communist. Yeah. So the idea behind Santa Claus uh, actually derives from... uh, I mean, I know that you've probably heard of St. Nick, heard Mm -hmm. him referred to as St. Nick. Uh, So there is a legend of a man who was born in Turkey in the year 280 uh, named St. Nick or St. Nicholas. And there's like 30 different ways in which that's been translated. And Mm -hmm. eventually we just kind of landed on Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. So like St. Nicholas, Santa Claus. And he was this dude who lost both of his parents and they were monumentally wealthy. And so they, so he inherited all of that wealth. And he was just like, you know what? I'm just going to take all of this shit and I'm just going to give it to the poor.
1: <laughs>
0: and that's what he did. He basically gave all of his wealth to go around the countryside helping poor people, helping sick sick people, just being a charitable dude. Mm. Now, there's definitely some disagreement as to whether or not the how much the legend was based on an actual person Mm -hmm. or whether he actually existed or whether this might have just been a few people or whatnot. But that's that's the legends that Santa Claus is based off Mm -hmm. of. You don't get much more socialist than that. No kidding. He is a he is a guy who became rich due to inheritance and he used it to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. Now remind me again why Republicans are the ones that care so much about preserving Christmas. This holiday celebrating the birth of a socialist whose traditions were created by a bunch of pagans. Yeah. Who, yeah. And, and which is also celebrated by another socialist who rides around on a sleigh being pulled by reindeer, giving kids, giving kids presents for free. like, mm-hmm. You know why, Nathan? What's Republican about that? <laughs> you know
1: why? <laughs> uh, parents, if you're listening, and you have kids that are also can also overhear, which they shouldn't, because we curse a lot on this show. But if they can, just turn off the podcast now. You know why, Nathan? Because Santa Claus doesn't exist. <laughs> and as a result of that, it means that parents are cornered into buying a bunch of fucking shit for their kids, (laughs) and for everybody else in their lives, Republicans are for it because it causes people to give their money to rich people. (laughs) It's exactly because of what the upper class did in the 1800s in the U.S., yeah. it is exactly the fucking opposite. So of what, it what was I'm supposed saying,
0: what I'm saying, is that if you really do want to be traditional when it comes to Christmas, what you should be doing is you should be going to Elon Musk's house mm-hmm. with your kid and saying, "Hey," dick. <laughs> harassing him until he gives you his best food and wine. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and buy his presents for your kids. Yeah, that's what you should be doing. Absolutely, that. That is celebrating the true meaning of Christmas. Take that, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> and, Elon <Musk. laughs> and Elon Musk. And Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. That's what we sh- so my point is the history of Christmas is very well steeped mm-hmm. in in paganism. Yep. And also in fighting against classism. Mm-hmm. It is an anthem for the working class to rise up against their oppressors and demand better. Yeah. This is totally a leftist holiday yeah, everything absolutely. about the traditions surrounding christmas is about letting loose is mm-hmm. about hedonism yep. is about having enough a limit fighting against classism it's about having enough yeah and in, and appreciating that and enjoying that
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's so true it's so true it's like amazing learning like i honestly i was not i wasn't like trying to get to a conclusion when I started reading about the history of Christmas. Like I wasn't, I, I, I knew there was some paganism in there, but I wasn't trying to be like looking for like, Ooh, classist undertones, but like they really were there. <laughs> <Yeah>. They were <laughs> they really, really present in so much of this history. um, yeah. And like, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, it's so unrelated to the Chris, like the Christmas that people try to force on other people today. Yeah. And that brings me to like another really important point, I think about Christmas celebrations and all like holiday celebrations during this period, which is like well one, there are many holiday celebrations during this period, partially because of the exact same reason why there are so many holiday traditions that are part of Christmas, because the winter solstice, certainly in the northern hemisphere, winter time and the the shortest day of the year are really Culturally important, culturally significant days. And so there are many celebrations, some of which have been rolled up into Christmas and some of which not, which center around um, this period, but also many celebrations kind of unrelated to the solstice which center around this period. Um, And the second second piece is that, like, no two Christmases are alike. Mm. You know, like, Christmas is celebrated as a national holiday in 160 out of 195 countries. So 82% of countries with 20 other countries having significant populations that also celebrate Christmas though it's not a national holiday. So 92% of countries have people who celebrate Christmas, right? And even in the US, you go to you go to a, you know, your friend's house for Christmas. It's totally different from yours. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they have different traditions. They open presents at another time of day. Some of them don't get presents. Some of them do Santa Claus. Some of them don't. Like some of them, you know, like in, in my wife's family, for example, her mom never liked Santa Claus. He, he got all the credit for the presents. So they don't do Santa Claus at all. They're snowmen is, the, is like the, the, the decoration in their house. But like around the world, traditions are super different. In Ethiopia people fast for 40 days before Christmas, which is exactly the opposite of what we do in the United States. <laughs> in In Mexico, like uh, they have, they have the day off uh, and there are over 30 traditions that are only found in Mexico surrounding Christmas, including we're going door to door to like mimic like uh, Jesus and Mary, like going door to door with like the unborn Jesus and all that stuff. Um, in Uruguay, uh it's it's they have strict separation of uh the state from religion so like it's called like it's called family day and even though there are lots of like christian underpinnings and like it's you know it's also known as like navidad and all that stuff they have they celebrate in almost an entirely secular manner and in japan they celebrate christmas like ish stuff during christmas time purely for the commercial aspect right like they don't actually celebrate christmas per se but they exchange gifts and they have like traditional christmas cake that they eat and literally due to an ad campaign from kfc fried chicken and like chicken meals are like the most popular dish during Christmas, which means that the stores literally take reservations months in advance for fried chicken. Oh God. <laughs> it's like, it's like they're like no two Christmases are like, and there are, yeah. and during the same period we have Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, uh, Las Posadas, which is, uh, you know, a Spanish celebration, which is in, you know, they have in some places in Mexico and Guatemala. um, there are other celebrations, like not only during December, but other part- times in the winter, like Eid al Adha and uh, Diwali and like a bunch of other celebrations. And so all this to say that not only is your Christmas not like anybody else's, you know, your holiday season might not be like anybody else's. And while you may receive tons of traditions from people all over the world because Holiday traditions during that period and in general borrow from cultures over time and change and evolve throughout history. But like all of this goes to say, like our traditions are special and significant and important to all of us individually, which means that tolerance is probably the largest, the most important tradition of Christmas.
0: Yeah. Make it your own. Yeah. I mean, that's what America did. Yeah. Like, America took various different influence influences from various different cultures throughout world history mm-hmm. and we just created our own version of the holiday. Mm-hmm. All right? That's what we did. There's nothing objective about it. Mm-hmm. That's just how we culturally developed. And of course, to Michael's point, different families within America celebrate Christmas differently. Mm-hmm. For some, you know, f- for some families, it's the tradition of as soon as you wake up children rush mm-hmm. for their presents. In my family, <laughs> it was a huge deal that we all had breakfast together as yes. a family. Yeah. And then we could have presents. Yep. For some families you can open up a present like one present on Christmas Eve and mm-hmm. then the rest like later. Some families again also like mine, you know, no, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. It is we do it as a family and we don't do it yeah. until after we've eaten. And also it was a tradition for my dad to make oyster stew. For breakfast <laughs> every Christmas, I don't know what oh is gosh. so festive about that, but that was the tradition, and it was fucking delicious. I love that. See, that's like, the, and that's the most amazing
1: thing. Like, no matter how weird and arbitrary the tradition, I'm not saying oysters choose a weird tradition. I've
0: just not been it <laughs> no, it's a weird tradition. <laughs> I love weird. it, but it's a weird tradition. <laughs> no matter, but no matter,
1: like all traditions, not all of them, many traditions are arbitrary, but we cling to yeah. them. We really think they're very important. I am. I, I defend with with vigor, my family's holiday traditions. But yeah. I would never try to force someone else to have the same ones. The, the one in my family that I think is the most funny is that no one is allowed to go downstairs to look at the tree or the presents or anything until my dad has put on his pants <laughs> <laughs> and gotten the coffee. So literally, we had this, like, literally we would wake up early in the morning throughout my childhood and literally through, like even as a teenager, you'd wake up early and no one could go downstairs. You'd have this long drawn out process where you'd have to wake up my dad who's been up until like midnight or later the night before not only wrapping but then putting out all the presents and stuff, right? And then he would take like at least half an hour to put on his black (laughs) jeans, which he always wears. (laughs) Put on his black jeans and go down and make a pot of coffee. Literally all of us are like, antsy as fuck standing upstairs like biting our (laughs) nails and no one can go downstairs and then he comes up and he gets a cup of coffee and my mom gets a cup of coffee and we line up oldest to youngest the youngest goes at the back and then we walk downstairs and like that is a tradition which has now spanned multiple like now is like my nieces and nephews so another generation now observes the same tradition Wow, and it's so weird and it's so arbitrary and I absolutely love it and we're gonna do it forever
0: yeah Another another kind of weird and arbitrary thing, um, I wasn't allowed to, like, we weren't allowed to open the presents until after breakfast had been made and after we ate breakfast. Mm-hmm. But I was, as a kid, I was so excited to mm-hmm. open stuff up. And like to be around and to see the spread, that the one thing my parents would let me do would be to sort their presents. So I would always be the <laughs> that one that the most sorted Nathan them. Thing I've ever heard. And and distributed them. Mm-hmm. So of course when my mother would put them under the tree, she would make sure to spread them all over the <laughs> mix place. Mix them up, yeah. Mix them up so that I could then <laughs> I could then sort them. And oh, still so today, sweet. I'm usually like I don't I don't sort them like that, but I'm the one that I'm the them. one that hands them to people. I'm yeah. the one that delivers them. That was always my and job and, too. Yeah. And like, it's again, it's an arbitrary thing, mm-hmm. but there's a, there are reasons behind it. Yeah. That we made our own. Yeah. So the big, the big point of this entire, of the, of this podcast episode is just make it, make it your own and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Stop politicizing this to the, ex- the only way in which christmas should be politicized is as a rallying call for the working class against the rich because that's 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 traditionally what it's supposed to be all right (laughs) If you want to politicize christmas you should politicize it to the extent that you should be going to jeff bezos's house and demanding that he give you food like his best food and that he give you presents like that that's that's the only way you should be politicizing it besides that don't politicize it if people don't celebrate it like whatever yeah. You know, if people do celebrate it, whatever. If someone says "Merry Christmas," then say back whatever you think is the appropriate response. If someone says yeah. "Happy Holidays," say back whatever you think is the appropriate response. What I always do is I just, I just repeat what they said. Mm-hmm. All right, no matter what they say, yeah. I just repeat what they said.
1: Yeah, I have. Same people. goes when someone honks at me in traffic or says <laughs> "Fuck you."
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. Treat. Treat holiday. Uh, you know, holiday greetings the same way that you treat when someone says "fuck you." Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with that, thank you so much for listening to the Perspectrum's holiday special, and Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays.